Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son on Booking the Territory podcast. Who <laughs> messy distance professional wrestler Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Wicker Man. Tell my people, my brothers and sisters, don't you dare, don't you dare miss Booking the Territory. Oh, yeah. This is a one man gang. You're listening to Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to a bonus episode of Book in the Territory, the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. For today, disrespectfully classy Marky Blassie returns. Woo! He's got a bit of a COVID update for us because the man is in the trenches. And, you know, I know we usually aren't talking about such things on the show these days. But if anybody's going to talk about it, it's going to be a, a doctor who went to medical school and is in the thick of this thing. So I brought him on. Uh, he's got a state of the state of the... Uh, State of the BTT Union, we'll call it that, on um, wearing masks and all that good stuff. And we'll keep politics free, but I just wanted to say, uh, we welcome him back. So, Mr. Blassie, how you doing, man? It's uh, great to have you back on the show, and thank you very much for your generous support each and every month. It is greatly appreciated, especially during these tough times. These hard times, baby. That's right. That's right. Anytime you don't have to thank me for that, all I got to say is good morning, COVID land. All right. We're just in here, man. So, yeah, let me just give a quick update to everybody. Uh, Remember, we are one country, but we are multiple, multiple cultures within one. So we all have to kind of drop our kind of angst and just come together as one because that's the only way we're going to win. Okay, that's my that's my cheesy line of the day, but it's so true. Um, So, guys. This is the easiest way I can describe it to y'all. So when we first entered this um, kerfuffle uh, with this virus, SARS-CoV-2, also known as COVID-19 disease, uh, if you want to compare it to Star Wars, it was kind of like the Phantom Menace, right? It was there. There was other stuff going around, but it it started spreading, but you didn't really know. and You were kind of uneasy, okay? Uh, The springtime... So was Attack of the Clones. Okay, came out of nowhere, a lot of casualties, but we thought we kind of weathered it. Man, there is no new hope right now. Mike, we are in the middle of Revenge of the Sith, and it goes right into the Empire Strikes Back. Like, the rebel forces are down. Like, we are down. Everybody, you gotta wear masks. The simple fact of the matter is the easiest way this thing is transmitted is through microscopic droplets, okay? And so if you put a mask on, you decrease you decrease the propelling of these droplets. You decrease the ability of this shit to fly and suspend in air for three to six hours because this thing is getting stronger in the sunlight, which is not good, guys. This is not good at all. Um I don't I don't care what you think about 
who does what and political and all this. This disease does not care about that. One thing we have to understand, viruses are here to live just like we are. And it likes us. Why? Because there's a part of your body that it that it attacks. OK, just like the Death Star, it gets to one of our weakest points. It attaches to a receptor in your body that is literally in like every part of your body. And that's why there's so many symptoms. That's why there's so many different reactions. And that's why there is a massive storm of a reaction in your body that takes people out because the virus itself doesn't. It's our reaction to the virus that kills people. And guys, Mike, me, a lot of us from 20 to 60 years old, we can get into a car wreck, okay, and live. We can walk out that damn thing, right? But that don't mean we don't get broken legs. That don't mean we don't get hurt. That don't mean we don't get concussions. And that's what's happening. Your main workforce your 20 to 60-year-olds, the people who run your economy, that drive your economy, that drive your basic functionings in the planet, whether it be garbage men, mailmen, doctors, lawyers, bank accounts, whatever. We're the ones in the hospital, guys. And that's the problem because people are going to the hospital and staying there for a long time because they're really, really sick. And it is clogging up all the hospitals. Therefore, if I've got an entire hospital full of people unexpectedly, okay, and you get into a car accident, you have a heart attack, you have a stroke, wow, things are going to get delayed. If you have a heart attack, I need to work in seconds to preserve your heart function. But if everything and all my resources are delayed, that's one last part of your heart you don't have. That's the problem, guys. That's what you have to look at. Don't look at just, oh, well, there's, there's many people have died. I'm not going to die, blah, blah, blah. No, but you're going to be really hurt. You're going to be really sick because I am taking care of people who got sick in March who are still not feeling good, but still have to go to work. This is real, guys. So do your part and we will get to Return of Jedi and we'll all be good. And then we don't even have to do, you know, Force Awakens or anything, because those movies suck. Right, Mike? I mean, those movies suck. I'm just a Star Wars nerd, too. Not just I, a wrestler. I, I, real quick on the Star Wars front, I like the analogy. Um, I wasn't a fan of the the prequels, uh, one, two, three, uh, yep. to be to be honest. Um, they were all right for their time in the early 2000s, but I was like, eh, you know, it was okay. I, but, like, you know, Star Wars A New Hope and then uh, Empire Sp Strikes Back, Episode 5, and Turn of the Jedi, Episode 6. I, I can I can say yeah those those were my jam man I, I love those and and I, and I didn't I wasn't a, a big fan of the last ones that they made but um I, I do no. I did like them I mean you know they they're what they are they're like Harper always says they're Star Wars but you know you can't but I do think they were better than the ones they made with episodes one two and three anyway um real quick on the on the COVID nineteen thing so like I said on one of the world class shows because I know this that didn't go out to all the general audience um. You know, obviously, I'm not a medical doctor. I didn't go to medical school. It took me forever to even get a four-year degree for what it's worth. However, my, my mother-in-law's doctor, uh, because my mother-in-law is a compromised immune system, has told me and my wife, be very careful. Um, you know, wear your mask. 
Uh, don't go to parties and don't go to large gatherings because the last thing you want to do is bring it home to uh, my mother-in-law or my wife's mom and, you know, her get it and risk, um, you know, death. Um, so with all that said, I realize, you know, she's got a compromised immune system and he's telling me this. But, you know, I, I mean, I'm this is the type of person I am. I don't get political with this thing. I I listen to the experts and that is a medical expert. Dr. Blassie's a medical expert. So I, I listen to them. Uh, I don't care if a doctor is Democrat or Republican. Uh, I don't know if my mother-in-law's doctor, what they are. Um, my point is, I listen to him. He's a medical expert. I listen to Dr. Blassie. And um, so we all got to hang in there together. You know, doc, doc, Dr. Blassie just said it. We're all Americans. We're all in this country together uh, for, for the for, for the non-international audience, uh, for, for our Americans yeah. that are listening, uh, because this show goes far <laughs> and wide. Uh, we got a large contingent in the UK, Australia, Canada, obviously, tons of people in Europe. Um, for them. They're all yes. in it together. Yeah, we're all in it together, but um, you know, I, I I'm uh, I, I wanted to I wanted Dr. Blaster to come back on and talk about something serious and something that we haven't really been talking about on the show because uh, unfortunately it's a divisive topic. It it shouldn't be, but but it has become a divisive topic. So um, with that yeah. said, uh, I, I'm 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 glad for your update and and I want to know if you have anything more for us on the topic. Yeah, yeah, just guys, look, um, just just we're in this for the long haul. Okay, we're in this for the long haul. We're talking 18, 24 months. Count on that. Hope for the best. I would love for this shit just to end next month, but hope for the best. Expect the worst, though. Okay. Um, Because God forbid this thing mutates. Um, And yet again, this is not a political topic. This is epidemiology and virology, which I do specialize in, plus primary care. And the schools opening, you will see more and more um, doctor groups, including including the American Academy of Pediatricians. They have actually said we should not open schools because that is too perfect of a medium because 10 to 19 year olds are the ones that are getting sick and they are ab- actually able to spread it to mom and dad and grandma and grandpa. All those people can potentially die from this. But if you have Kids that are able to be sick from this, able to have a virus get stronger within them, plus the adults that are in the school, at some point, not if, at some point, the virus will mutate to hurt those healthier kids. And if that happens, guys, we are truly fucked at that point. And I'm not even going to sugarcoat that. We are truly fucked at that point. Because nobody's medical system on this planet is prepared for, and if you want to look at the United States and Canada, like each province, each state, no state is prepared for 25% or more of their population at one time within a six-week period to be in the hospital. There is no way, because most states only have one or two children's hospitals, and guess what? People our ages, Mike, are in those children's hospitals because there's overflow from the main hospital. So, guys, do your part. Protect your family. Protect your fellow neighbor and friend and whoever else. Put a mask on. Practice sanitary habits and and do it for the long haul. Okay. respect other people's lives and health, just like with everything else we do when you're on the road. Don't be an asshole. Don't hit somebody. Try to just get from A to B. Do that with your kids, yourself, 
and don't make this a political issue because this is not a political football. This is real life. This is Mother Nature. It's not a hoax or anything like that. Mother Nature is showing why Mother Nature rules the earth. Okay? Before you give me any other conspiracy theory, disprove the possibility that earth is the master and the ruler of our destinies. Okay? Hurricanes all the time. Tornadoes. Natural disasters. Well, this is a natural disaster. Okay? We deal with flu every year, and it always seems to mutate somehow. That's why we can never have a permanent vaccine. Okay? COVID. Guess what? It's 2020. 2019, this stuff was isolated, and now it's going across the world. This happens on this planet every 100 to 115 years. Okay, this happens. We are right. We just were born at the wrong time. Okay, and then after this, there will be minor outbreaks. Why? Because Mother Nature figures it out. These things want to live much like we know how to get to space. Guess what, guys? These microscopic organisms, we are their universe. We are titans to them. They're doing the same thing. They're figuring us out. So guess, guess what, guys? We're smarter. We're better. Let's fight this. Let's not be idiot. And let's just do this. Okay, let's all just get along, Mike. Let's all just get along. Okay? Yeah, I mean, and the next time you together. see one of your healthcare professional, no matter what they do, even if they work as a janitor at a hospital or a clinic, they're just as important to the team. Shake that or actually just fist bump them or say thank you. Okay, because literally, I was telling Mike this before we came on. This is like my first day, real day off, like in I don't know how long. Okay. A lot of my friends are really, really burnt out. We're getting burnt out. So, guys, really protect each other. Help us out. You know, support us. Don't divide us. Don't do stupid stuff. And we will get through this. And then, and then, Mike, and then we can see Justin Jefferson score another touchdown <laughs> on Oklahoma. And he's with the Vikings. I tell you, I tell you, I tell you man, what's going to – on a on a COVID related topic and non COVID related topic, <laughs> I live and die by college football season. Don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah. I I love the NFL, and obviously I'm a Saints fan, and and you yeah. know I got I got to watch my Saints, and but to me, like the NFL is on from twelve to six every Sunday, and you know you you get your well you got your Sunday night game, and you got Monday night, but I am a diehard college football fan. Um, yeah. If, yeah. Uh, the days when, like, you know, I mean, like, my daughter would have dance class or something, I'd bring her there. The minute I come home on a Saturday, if we got nothing else to do, I will sit in the Lazy Boy uh, from, you know, noon, one, two, whenever I get home, to, to say 2 o'clock with the SEC game on CBS, and right. I will watch until the last game goes off on ESPN <laughs> on Saturday yes. night. Yes. So yes. it is going to crush me um, when they finally decide – that well we don't know if we can do because i am i am being very pessimistic i have this thing in my heart that says there's no way they're gonna let these amateur athletes and i'm using quotations when i say amateur athletes roll out there and play a football season now i could be wrong and i hope i am wrong but i'm just worried to death that they're gonna cancel my football season and i will not be able to see well it won't be jordan jefferson it'll be uh jamar chase uh catching another touchdown (laughs) Uh, <laughs> yeah so um 
I'm I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm like I said, COVID related and non-COVID related. It is going to crush me when and if they finally decide. Yeah, nope, yeah. no college football this fall. Yeah, that's going to hurt me too. Um, I want it to happen from a doctor standpoint, but oh, that would hurt me because I'm like you too, dude. I'll watch the underneath, like I'll watch Nevada versus Hawaii or something like that, Ball State versus Syracuse or something ridiculous, all the way up to the 2 o'clock. Give me that, like, West Coast game, USC versus Fresno, (laughs) you know, going to sleep on games, dude. I'm with you on that. Like, that's my whole fall. I'm looking so forward to it, but it's not going to happen. Not safely. Yeah, I'm like that too, Um, you know, when it comes to SEC. I like – so, you know, the, the 230 SEC game is always on CBS, whatever that is. So that's usually the big SEC game of the week. Now, right. because of scheduling, you know, sometimes it's not really a great game. But, you know, then after that game goes off, I'm on ESPN because there's usually a couple of SEC games on ESPN, you know, that start right. at six or so. And, you know, I I, I, I go – um. I have like a little bitty 19, very old 19 inch like television. I will put that in my uh, living room and I'll put it on a TV tray. Y'all gonna think I'm crazy. I've never told this on the air. I don't know. And um, so that that TV sits next to the, 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 the regular TV and I got an antenna on that one uh, where I watch whatever like is on, you know, regular TV or um, I'll go take the wireless uh cable box out of my son's room and put that in the living room too so then i can watch espn on that tv and i'll have a, a the main game on the big tv so i am a uh saturday evenings in my house uh, as long as there are nothing else going on in the fall I, I will i will sit in front of a television i have to use that to decompress that helps me keep my yeah. sanity and i and i know like um you know the the other big uh patron contributors like uh, uh mike Childry, he's an alabama fan out there i i know he and like i i'm pretty sure like someone like him and um uh, everett star uh they're alabama fans too some of our listeners like i know they'll be crushed too uh mark wilson he's a longtime patron member too Man, I, I'm with y'all, and y'all are Bama fans, and we're gonna suffer through this together. Right, they take right. our we're season from the us, SEC, bro. We still in yeah. the SEC, win or lose. We still in the SEC. I need to see that. I need. Yeah. I need to see that 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 damn sawtooth checkerboard shit they do in Alabama. I, I gotta see that. I gotta see those yeah. dumb numbers on their helmets because it makes <laughs> me feel like it's reality. You know, like I gotta see the stupid pig uh, on the damn <laughs> Arkansas team that nobody care about. You know, uh, I'm, I'm still I still have to like Mike, I have to embrace and try to figure out like where Mizzou and Texas A&M really fit in the SEC. Like I'm still trying to put that in my head. OK, <laughs> they know they're not even in the SEC. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a bit of a stretch. But hey, they're here and. Yeah, that's all you can really say, right? <laughs> right, right, right. And then, and then, I, I honestly, the only reason I would love to watch the season is not for LSU, really not. It's all for a big moment of Schadenfreude because whoever scheduled Auburn's schedule this year was on acid. How the hell you gonna do? You gonna have LSU at? Jordan Hare, and then the next week you got the Iron Bowl in Tuscaloosa. Come on, who the hell did that schedule? That is just dumb. I want to see that dumpster fire, right? That that <laughs> that is that is vicious because uh, I mean, like for people out there who aren't football fans, 
the LSU Alabama game every year, at least the last few years, I think both teams have like taken off. Like, yeah, like they, they've got a cupcake before and then they have a bye, which I mean, you know, LSU finally won after way too many years last year. But the point being like, yeah, you need to have a cupcake or a bye week before those those games. So they got to go to war with LSU and then they get Bama the next week. That is brutal. That is so terrible. Man, that's, that's so brutal. <laughs> like, then they used to have, like, when, didn't they play, like, Georgia, then a cupcake, then uh, Alabama? Like, that made sense, right? But yeah. now, more realistically, Auburn is going to be so injured, right? And then they got to come, then LSU has to come to them, and then they got to go to. That's, man, what, if they if they were undefeated, Man, they are gonna limp into the SEC championship or or lose one of those. That's a you gauntlet. Know? I mean, it's that's a that's a that's a rough. <laughs> I mean, Alabama yeah. probably Alabama probably loves it because they're like, oh yeah, LSU, go beat them up for us. Right. That's a that's right. a rough one. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. Look, man. Alabama is hiring us, and we're like, they have Terry Funk coming into the territory just to soften them up. You, you know? know, I'll <laughs> say this. I'll say this too, like. <laughs> Every Alabama fan I know, and I don't know a ton, but like like Mark Wilson out there, Everstar, Mike Childry, uh, all the people who listen to this show that are Alabama fans, they they all messaged the show page after last year when LSU finally won, and all of them like they were like, man, you know, good game. I hope y'all win it all. Like like you know, the SEC <laughs> fans are really. Uh, I, and I've kind of felt that way about them. Like I don't, I don't, I didn't want them to lose to Clemson when they lost to Clemson two years ago. I, yeah. I was because yeah. I feel like, I as much as I don't like them, I also feel like, well, shit, if you beat me and you go on to win it all, well, that just means I lost to the best. And I don't, I mean, you know, if there's there's yeah. anything I can hold my head up about, it's that. So yeah, uh, I, yeah. all that to say, I'm gonna miss God. I'm gonna miss it if we have no college football. Yeah. Dude, yeah, God, withdrawals, withdrawals. <laughs> it's like, it's not, it's, um, and it's already not going to be the same because, I mean, like, for for us Southerners um, that grew up on SEC football, especially, back in the day when Jefferson we didn't have Pilot. the cable, yeah, you know, like, Jefferson Pilot game of the week, um, yes. Google that if you don't know what we're talking about. Uh, It's like, we grew up on... SEC football and the thing about SEC football, I'm gonna tie it into wrestling. The crowds are insane, just like yeah. old school Crockett yeah. Mid South yeah. Territory wrestling was. So, like yeah. when I when I, when I tell you I love college football, it's got that same pat. The reason I love college football, especially especially SEC football, it's got that same passion from the crowd, from the fans, from the players, and everything that wrestling does. And that's what's that will be different if they even have a season this year. Is mm-hmm. it'll be weird to watch it without a crowd. Like I can't even imagine LSU, Alabama, or Alabama and Auburn without crowds. That is just that's weird. Weird. That's weird. Yeah, it'd be like that, a time warp it, or something. Yeah, that that was just like uh, WrestleMania this year. Like that was so surreal. Like yes. WrestleMania, and there's not a person. Like no, no, no. Like I want to see eighty thousand people just losing their fucking minds for no Me reason. Too. Yeah. Saying, it's very like, no. <laughs> it's it's um it's definitely like it's hard to put into words like how weird that is. But that's what that's what the NFL is going to be like this year. That's what'll especially be college because 
college fans, in my opinion, especially at the big schools, they're more passionate than NFL fans, in my opinion. Oh, now, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it it'll be like, weird, man. You agree, like in the NFL, there may be a few, and as a Cowboys fan, I will say, oh no, not even Oakland anymore. I would say New Orleans and Philly, Cleveland, and like the Packers like probably have like the most intense fan base like run hard like you know me and doc might be the more hardcore cowboys fans right but for the most part cowboys fans are like the equivalent to yankees fans right like you got the yankees fans that are like hardcore know everything about them keep up with them and stuff but like the lady in you know miami who barely watches baseball but likes Derek Jeter is like a Yankees fan. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and that's and that's most of the NFL right now, anyway. You know, um, it sucks. Steeler fans are like that too. Um, they're very passionate. Yeah, I will yeah, say that. Yeah, I'm sorry for um, cutting them out because you're right on that. Yeah, they might be the only one, but you and Doc are different. Y'all are respectful Cowboy fans, but y'all aren't. Um, like Cowboy fans are really weird. You and Doc aren't like yeah. this, but I know a lot of Cowboy fans that are entitled. Like, they feel like yes. the fucking yes. football gods owe them something. Yes. It's like, no, that's not how it works. The, yes. the football gods don't owe you anything. The only thing that you are owed is technically an owner who tries to win football games. <laughs> but but the football gods don't owe you a damn thing. Um, but it's funny because, like, like I know a lot of Cowboy fans, and, and I swear it, some, not you and Doc, or some Cowboy fans that I know are the most entitled clowns on the planet. Yes, yes, and I and I and I hate them and love them at the same time because those are the ones that that really get the party going if the Cowboys win. Because where me and Doc are, me and Doc are those diehard, optimistically pessimistic fans. Right. Because we're going to tell you, like, we're going to be like, well, we need to do this. We need to do that. And if we can do this, we're going to win. And I think we're going to do it. So we're going to win. Like, that's us. Right. But it's one of those. We're going to be excited when we see it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, we're going to be like, yeah, Uh, except for the rivalry games, because me and Doc are still the the NFL Cowboy fans that respect the rivalries because we both hate Philly. But I mean, we don't care for the Giants either and we both hate the Washington football team established <laughs> in 1932 <laughs> oh whoever's a Redskins fan on here just just get ready I'm, I'm it doesn't matter what y'all change your name to I'm gonna call y'all the Washington football team nice. because you're a bunch <laughs> like just burgundy there's, I hate you. <laughs> I don't. I don't. But sports, I hate you. <laughs> oh boy, that's great. And then they changed um, to the Bama logo too. You saw that? They got the numbers on their helmets. Oh, they. Oh. Is that is that is that what they're gonna do? I didn't know they were gonna do the yes, numbers on the helmets. They're doing gold numbers, man. Oh, I had no idea. Helmet. Oh God, they just they just made it. I just got cannon fodder now, man. Like. But you know, like to be fair to them, man, it takes more than just a few weeks to rebrand your whole team. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I can't. I mean, 
I've I've been on I I was I said on the show a couple weeks ago and I said it on Twitter recently I was like just name them the Warriors but even then yeah. I mean you just it's you know you need time to to come up with whatever they're gonna be it's not something you just flip the switch on you know look it's it's we're recording this on July twenty fifth the fucking season is forty eight <laughs> days away right now I mean so it's kind of hard to you know it's kind of hard to just be like oh well we're gonna call them this. I get it. I get it. Like, I get it for everybody out there who said, oh, it's not that hard. It actually kind of is because it's a yes. business. You're rebranding an entire business. We don't think of trademarking. You got yeah, trademark. I mean, you got yeah, there's sure a lot. Hold on yeah. to the Redskins shit. Like, yo, that's like it's... the whole corporation you've got to change. And then, Mike, think about all the merch they've got to redo right now. That's, that's what I was about to tell you. Like, yeah. you don't look. Everybody out there, I know we think of our football teams or favorite teams, whether it's NBA, MLB, hockey. Wrestling fans are a lot of sports fans out there that are sports fans. But the thing about it is the marketing of it is a big part. All of those franchises, whether it's NHL, NBA, MLB, NFL, whatever, those franchises are their own businesses in a way. They're a part of a, a bigger conglomerate like the NFL or NHL or MLB, but they are their own business. So, like, you know... They all of a sudden have tons of stuff. They've got they they have tons of Washington Redskins merchandise in their in their warehouses right now. Um, I don't know this for a fact. I'm assuming, so I should say that I'm making this assumption. You, it's kind of hard to just flip the switch, even in a big company, and be like, "All right, we're gonna go with Warriors." And now today we got new hats, shirts, you know, flags, all these different things. Cause think of, think about all of the crap that every team out there sells. And I mean, crap. There is, you can buy everything besides medical devices and contact lenses <laughs> with your team's logo on it. So like all of that's got to be done. And, you know, I, I understand like it's not going to happen overnight as we go on this uh, Washington rant that I had no idea we would go on before we talk Keith yeah, Lee and Adam yeah. Cole. <laughs> I Yo. love it though. It's true though. It's true. It's gonna take a while. It's gonna take a while. Washington hey. football team. And, and and as a Cowboys fan, you are certainly going to rub that in, just like Doc told uh, Fritz oh, von Mulkey he was gonna do. Next ten years. Oh, they're not getting over this for the next ten years. You know, <laughs> I don't care what their logo is. They better come with it though. They, I, I, I think, I think they will, and that's probably why they're, um, they're, they're, you know, they're taking their time. Hey, I'm, um, I just shared my screen with you. Um, uh, you should see it coming through. Uh, one of the things you wanted to talk about, yep. and I watched it just yesterday, was Adam Cole and Keith Lee. So, um, if, uh, if you're not a patron of the show, because I'm gonna post a video version of this, uh, if you're not a patron of the show. You can go to WWE NXT July 8th, 2020. The one hour, 20 minute and 20 second mark is where I'm about to start hitting play on the Adam Cole and Keith Lee match. So um, you want to say anything? Uh, I, you want me to you want to hit play? I tell you what, I'm going to hit play. I'm going to count us down and then and then you can start talking about why you wanted to uh, review this match. How's that yeah. sound? Let's go. All right. So again, it's the 120. 20 mark one hour 20 minutes and 20 seconds of wwe nxt from july 8th 2020 it is adam cole versus keith lee they were unifying the nxt north american championship and the nxt title i'm gonna count us down three two one press play now boom
yeah, right. Like, so talk Keith to me about Lee why you like want to do this one. Keith, Keith Lee is like my favorite wrestler in in WWE right now. Like, and and I and I've talked about this before. I love the big dudes that can move. Right. Like, I love Jeff Cobb. I love Keith Lee. You know. Now, one thing I will say, I totally disagree with our our illustrious uh, friend uh, Jim Cornette. I think Jim does not understand that guys like Keith Lee, because one thing is, Keith, I look like Keith Lee as far as body type and size, right? And I was one of those guys, like, I was so big, but I was really athletic for no reason, right? I just like to eat cheeseburgers. And so this guy, and, and then you hear how I sound, like, you would not think I'm like this, like, you know, 290-pound dude that does this and this and that. No. I'm, I talk like a fucking regular dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and so I'm not going to talk like the Hulk. And I think that's a cultural shift that Jim uh, Cornette doesn't understand. Because look at this dude, okay? This dude has such swag. I mean, look at it, okay? And it's one of those situations, it's like, what you going to tell a big dude like that? Like, don't wear a pink. Tell that to that dude's face. Look at that dude bask in his glory. That's all he's telling you. He's telling you that the lights from the top of the arena are going to shine on his damn belt and blind you because he is that cold. All right. He's just absolutely glorious. Mike, look at him. All right. Adam Cole looks like a little peanut next to him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and was it okay? Is it me though? Wasn't Adam Cole a little bit more bulky? Like I remember he had a little fat phase, a little chubby phase. But wasn't he a little bigger? I I feel like when he was in ROH, he had a little bit more meat on his bones than he's got right now. He's he's very slender. Um, I don't I don't I mean he doesn't look like a child or anything. He's he, it wouldn't hurt him to put some size on, but he definitely looks smaller than than what I remember him in, in ROH from years ago. Now. Especially in this match, as you just saw them square off, like when they were standing face to face, he's going to look even smaller because Keith Lee is not the tallest guy in the world, um, but he's just massive. He is. Yeah, he's thick. a big boy. Yes. So Cole looks even smaller next to a guy like him, but he's not as, I mean, he's really not as small as I think. Uh, he, he looks, but he is, he looks like he did drop some pounds or he looked like he may have yeah. trimmed down a little bit, uh, you know, dropped a little bit of fat. So I do agree with that as they work yeah. the, uh, headlock here. Got the headlock on. Yeah. Cause, cause he, he's probably been hanging around Seth Rollins too much doing CrossFit. Like he's just trying to become a, a CrossFit Jesus, but there's only <laughs> one CrossFit Jesus. So that means he him like CrossFit Paul or Peter, you know, Adam Cole, baby. And you see, this is good, though. I like this right here because it's just showing, like, Keith Lee is just messing with him. He's just messing with him, right? And I think my concern with Keith Lee for long term is that half the stuff he does, he doesn't have to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of the, the splashes and jumps and big top rope moves, he doesn't really need to do that because he has so much charisma, right? And he yeah. works pretty well. That he doesn't have to do all that. Now look at this. He's grabbing Adam Cole. Look at that. The boy, look at look at that hand. It looks like it's about to eat that dude's arm. Look at it. Look at it. It's like, and he's sitting there just like trying to regroup himself. Like this, 
little puny. Why you hit me like that? This is the prison, son. This is the Keebley prison. The glorious prison. Where you going? Where you going? Come here. Come here. I got you by fingers. I ain't even got a full grip on you. I just got fingers just dragging you in. You know, like Adam Cole is literally the size of that dude's like pelvis. It's 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 uh it's great. Like they work this headlock and then they go into this thing with the arm. And oh. Keith Lee is just manhandling uh, Cole, which he should. He's um, it's like you know, it's like a cat playing with a mouse. It's yes. like he's like you know, I feel like I can destroy you at any minute, but because you're just a little punk, I'm gonna sit there and torture you for a little while. Right, right. And what's great is that gives him more wind, so he doesn't have to go 80 miles an hour right off the bat for no reason. Oh. Boy, you just trying to kick me. That's what Keith Lee's looking at. He's like, you, you messed up my face. And now you're trying to kick me? No, sir. Boom. And I just moved one foot. <laughs> and that's what Keith Lee is trying to tell him. You know, he is more than just a North American champion. He is a world champion. Look at him. Okay. He is, uh, so we were talking via email before uh, uh, yesterday. And I was telling you. That I saw Keith as he Ooh. just destroyed a plexiglass uh, <laughs> that was around the the, <laughs> the ring. Um, I got to see Keith before he went to ROH, before he went to Evolve, um, before he went anywhere. Uh, I got to see Keith on the Indies in the Texas area. And Keith won. He, he, he looked like he may have put on a little weight since then. But he's still very, very athletic. He still, he is, um, I don't know if you've ever listened. He, I had him on the show years ago. Have you ever, have you ever went back and listened to it? Well, how long ago was that? I don't remember oh, that. 2016, maybe. Oh, damn. I'll send you, I'll send you the link. I'll, it, you'll probably have to get it from Podbean, but I'll send you the link uh, later today. Keith was on the show and, and the one story I got was I had Shane Taylor on before I had Keith on. And Shane was telling me how Keith is just ridiculously strong. Like he'll walk into the gym and go, man, they don't have, um, they, they, they don't have dumbbells above 140 pounds a piece. And it's like, dude, what? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm exaggerating, but it maybe it was like, Oh, the dumbbell stop at 120. Right. Right. And, Keith, and Keith's like, man, the dumbbell stop at 120. What the hell, you know, what the hell's going on here? I, I can't work out with that. Like that's how he's a, he is a ridiculously strong dude. Um, that is athletic and big. And I mean, he's got a unique look, uh, he he he's just a hell of a talent, and I I, I remember seeing him on the Indies. Yeah. And I was like, this guy's gonna be. I was like, there's no way this guy is not a star. He's a star somewhere now. Yes, his, pro yes. his promos, like I, I wasn't impressed back then with his promos, but he he was he was okay. But I knew his athleticism and look would would get him where he needed to be, and. Well, here you have him. He's uh selling his ass off for Adam Cole in this match. Yeah, he is. And and you know, honestly, this this is a double-edged sword because WWE is going to do more to preserve him as far as his body, which is weird to say that about the WWE because they never really do that. But his promos would get a lot more concise because he would find himself in his character if he went to AEW. You know what I'm saying? Like where he had a little bit more free range to kind of get himself out there 
then go to the WWE where they kind of mold it and script it more. Because this every time he cuts a promo, and that's just really with any of them, except just a few, like it sounds so just scripted. It's ridiculous, and it annoys me. That's why I can barely watch WWE main roster. Like I can still do the NXT all day, every day. The, the main roster kills me. Okay? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Didn't um did Corny say something recently about Keith's promos? Like he said he just sounded too quiet or something. Yeah, he was he's he's looking like the Hulk, but sounds like Bruce Banner. Yeah, the the voice so with Keith, Keith is I don't want to call him soft spoken, but he, yeah. he doesn't have a, a gravely a gra, you know a gravel type. Yeah, know, he Mark doesn't have I'm gonna come get your brother. Yeah, he does not. He don't have that Ernie Ladd or JYD right. or even Ted DiBiase type like voice to it. Like he doesn't. That's not Keith. He's. I wouldn't call him soft spoken, but his but his his tone is definitely not that. But I mean, to me, there's nothing wrong with that because that's what makes him part of. Also, what makes him different. You got this big old dude who is. He hasn't even shown how powerful he is on NXT TV, in my opinion. I've seen Keith Lee catch a dude. Keith Keith being on the floor, a dude does a dive over the top rope, flips, and Keith catches him in midair. Do you know how hard it is to catch a 200-pound man flying over the top rope? Dude, dude, I don't even want to imagine, man, because I know, I mean, the physics of that are just nuts. Yes, it's it's. <laughs> I mean, for from a scientific standpoint, the physics of a and let's say the man was one eighty, the physics of a one hundred eighty pound man running, flipping over the top rope. You're on the floor and you catch him by his ankles. Ooh! I gotta find a video. I'll send it to you. I I, it, I think it used to be yeah, on Twitter that, or Facebook. That's nuts. He is incredible. He's an he's an incredible incredible athlete. And uh, this is. And if we just saw that power slam, they're about to replay it right here. Okay. That is like one of my favorite moves from like Jeff Cobb where he does that reverse. Yes. Duplex, right? Uh, and, and this is one of those times I think we need to have a Bret Hart sting type situation, right? I think Keith Lee's move should be tour of the islands, you know? And it, I don't know what you call it. I don't know what you call his, you know, the glory plex or something. I don't know what the fuck you call it, but that would look so smooth from him. You know? That, that I, yeah. I do like his finishers. I just love the damn Tour of the Islands. Yeah, that Tour, that tour of the Islands, if you've never seen it, Google it, that Jeff Cobb does. is pretty damn impressive. And Jeff it's Cobb beautiful. is just like... Jeff Cobb is just like Keith Lee. He's just, like, ungodly strong. Yes. Yes. I mean, that the power... The power that, that, he, that Cobb and Keith Lee have is... I mean, it's scary because if a guy like that were to grab you and and you're starting stuff with him, you 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 you're probably not going to get away from him. Right, <laughs> right. He, his grip. <laughs> you better be able to fight quickly because his grip. And once he puts that weight on you, you you are in trouble. And that's before he even throws a punch. Yes. Uh, yes. Right. Yes. And that's. What, you know what? And that just goes into finishers and such. It's it's almost like that. the reason, the main reason that Jackhammer got over is because it was so fluid and it made sense for Goldberg to do it, but it looked so fucking vicious because he was so damn strong. 
right? Like yeah. it used to just sound like a splat. And that was the one, two, three. And it was just like, oh God. And that's yeah. what I feel like Jeff Cobb and Keith Lee, it's just whenever they do stuff, oh, he's about to do this struggle suplex. Dude. Yes. Watch this. This is this dude, is good. This is dead weight. This is dead weight on a dead lift on an unbalanced surface. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So I gotta describe what? it. For the people who aren't watching on Patreon, like Keith Lee's on the second ropes in the corner. Adam Cole is getting back into the ring, but is is on the second ropes with his feet on the outer portion of the ropes. Keith Lee, without getting assistance from Adam Cole, <laughs> here it comes again. They're showing the replay. He he basically deadlifts him over his head to suplex him without any help from Adam Cole. That yes. I can't, and like you said, on an uneven surface, he's not standing on flat ground. He's he's on the ropes, pulling this right. maneuver off. I mean, it is impressive to be able to do that with another human being. Adam Cole is not a big man, but I challenge you to even do that to a eight year old kid. You know, it's like right. that is hard right. to do. That is hard. That is hard. and and. The and it's more raw power because Cesaro does a similarity, but Cesaro has perfect form. Like he has a squared, like his whole torso and leg structure is squared. He has perfect technique and he is massively strong. Keith Lee like bolos you over. Cause you're right. Adam Cole didn't even like flex his legs up to get any momentum to help him. He just let him drag him across. And this dude just, this dude got out the pinfall with a finger. Oh, if you are an old school wrestling fan, you understand how infuriating it is when that villain just gets splatted and he just barely touches the bottom rope to get out of the pinfall. That is the most insane thing to see. You know what I'm talking about, Mike, right? Oh, well, the, the, the most famous one to me is when Ric Flair would, would be about to get pinned yeah. lightly. Yeah. Take that leg and put it over the rope, and the referee right. would break the count. And you're like, God damn it! He freaking keeping the title, and it wasn't like his leg; it'd be like the mid part of his boot, like at the sole, would just get on there, and then it'd be like, ah, 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 Rick's still in it, and you'd be like, how, how the hell, how the hell is he still champ? I hate you, Ric Flair. Oh, Adam Cole, boosh, pounce. That was one of my favorite moves for a long time to pounce. Oh, Keith Lee is throwing him around like Keith Lee is a monster. Adam Cole is a scared eight-year-old. This is what's happening right now, Mike. Yeah, it's I mean he's okay. he's throwing him around like a like a rag doll. Yes, look at that. Look. Come it, on. It's 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 impressive. It's very impressive. And look, it keep it keep is just like, come on now. It's good facial expression. Just like, come on, <laughs> I'm gonna kill you, boy. You need, you know, because he's trying to tell him. He's like, all right, I'm gonna do this slow now. You need to just leave. Don't let me do this, because this is gonna be undisputed. I'm about to flatten you. Yeah, he's, he's going, going up for the for the moon salt in the in the corner, and he hits Boosh! it. <laughs> oh, gets him good. Yeah. No! He, uh... no, Adam Cole still in it. That's why he's the world champ. Okay, now Mike, tell me this though. 
wouldn't it be more impactful if like Keith Lee like only did that like one time ever in the WWE ever, right? Because this is what I hate about guys like him doing these kind of things because they do it way too much. Okay, because a championship match of this caliber, you should do a moonsault. Okay, you should do it. But like when you going against somebody, like you know. Cameron Grimes, right? You, you, you shouldn't need a moonsault. Okay? Because remember, Vader used to either do that to, like, Sting, Ric Flair, right? If he was in a, a battle that caught him off guard, he would do it just to... Or he would get a jobber just to fuck with him, just because he could. Right? That's when you should do it. He does it all the time in, like, damn near every other match. Oh! Oh, he's going to lift him. Now he's just lifting him up like a sack of potatoes. Like, that shit looks so light. Like, what is going on, Mike? What's going on? Oh, no. Adam Cole gets out of it. Super kick in the jaw. Keith Lee, no. He's, he's a little rattled. He's a little rattled, Mike. He oh, may he, he, he maybe should only bring out the... the... Moon moon salt in, in in big matches. I haven't watched enough yeah. of his NXT stuff to know if he's if he's been doing it more often in smaller matches against enhancement talent or anything though. Yeah, because I feel like I've seen it too much. That's all. That's all. Oh, the latch. Oh, that knee to the back of the head. Oh, the back of his head. You know, that's a weak part in the skull. The external occipital protuberance. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Cole can I believe that you know he's done all this to Keith Lee at this point. He needs him, hits him in the back of the head. Keith Lee is seems to be out cold. Adam Cole, he Keith Lee is out cold so much that Adam Cole can barely roll him over to his back. Yeah, because Keith yes. is, is is so out cold and he's such a big man. It's almost impossible to roll him over. Yeah, and and after this match, I'm I'm gonna go into a whole like rant about the uh, Panama Sunrise maneuver. Okay, I'm not gonna get on it because it'll take the rest of the match. Because I just want to watch Adam Cole be Adam Cole. Whoa, but Keith Lee just oh god, damn, he just flipped up Adam Cole and landed on the back of his head. Mike, how do y'all do that shit? Well, he's not. It it's. He's landing on the back of his shoulder blades. It looks like okay. it looks it looks like his head, but it's so tight. Don't get me right don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. It don't feel good, and his head is taking some of it. But if you watch it in back in slow motion, he's he's kind of sideways, but he's, okay. he's there we still go. kind of taking it on the on the yeah. back of the shoulder blades. I can't, and I and you can take almost any bump on the back of your shoulder. So like he's on his shoulder blades. It looks okay. vicious. Um, but you can take almost anything on the back of your shoulder blades and you'd be fine. As long as you tuck, you got to tuck your chin. And, and Adam Cole tucks his, tucks his chin real well. If he doesn't tuck, he probably hurts a little bit more Die. right there. Now, this move here, Canadian Destroyer oh! Keith Lee. Tuck him. Yeah. <laughs> tuck impressive. No! No! There are no sunrise in Panama. There's no destroying of Canada today. There is only Keith Lee getting up. It takes more than that. Boy, that was like a struggle one too, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> that didn't even make sense. It was like, dude, dude, obviously Keith Lee did that. <laughs> like, you did not lift that dude and cartwheel him over. <laughs> 
Dude, Adam, no. Dude, you're the longest-reigning NXT champ. You shouldn't have signed this contract. You How are already he... North American champ. I heard them say that. How long has he had the title? Like 200 and some days. Okay, I wasn't, I couldn't, I wasn't sure. And I thought they probably <laughs> said it. Because this is actually, we're at an anniversary of me tearing my quad, and he was champ, I think. That's right, that's right. So he, he's, oh. had this, he's had the belt for a while as he's just kicking Keith Lee in the head, giving him CTE. No, yeah, now that's how you CTE. take people out. That's how you take people out. Just kick them in the head. That'll tell you, that's a great equalizer. But but Keith Lee is still kicking out. It's it's amazing. He's still kicking out of this thing. Because he is a champion, Mike, okay? He's a champion. He's a North American champion. He is a superpower. Okay. While we're while we're waiting on the finish, what do you think of uh Keith Lee's uh theme song? You know, okay, so I kind of go back and forth on it, you know, because I understand it and I, I do kind of like it, but it's missing it doesn't have it to me, right? Okay. You know, but I do like how it starts off like "Past get his glory." That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's awesome, <laughs> right? Yeah. But it doesn't yeah. have like that pop, like "Oh damn!" You know what I'm I saying? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, I, yeah. That one that one moment where you're like, "All right, it, that's about to set it off in here." Right, right. Because yeah. it's missing. Because it it has like the glass shattering, right? That "Past get his glory." That's like. You know, the Rock's theme and Stone Cold's, but it doesn't have that dun-dun, da da And you're like, oh, damn. Oh, yeah. damn. <laughs> I, think, I, think we're, I think we're working to the finish here. Um, Keith oh, yeah. Lee is struggling to the corner. Adam Cole is sitting up Adam, on it. Adam, don't tell. No, Adam, you don't want him to get it. Oh, no. Oh, oh, Dragon Ball Z on your ass. Goku, boom. All right. And then, oh. Oh, yell at him. Yeah. Oh, ain't nothing. Oh, oh, you done made the Hulk mad. Hulk mad. He gonna smash. He about to Vegeta you. Boom! And a one. Two, and a two. Three. And that's it. It's it. Bask in his glory. Bask in it. He is the man. Double champ. The first double champ. North American and NXT Universal Champion. I say universal because it's a USA product. Okay. <laughs> this is um I, I tell you the only thing I thought about this as I watched it. This would have been so much better. Not the not the actual match, but, oh my God. Could you oh imagine, Mike, if this was a Chicago NXT takeover? Chicago, Brooklyn. Um, Don't let that be like New Orleans, Atlanta, or Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, just <laughs> tremendous stuff. <laughs> it just, because, I mean, they really, they worked a really, really good match. You know, Adam Cole worked his strengths to try to defeat Keith Lee. Couldn't get it done. It, it's just, it just was really, really, really good. And mm-hmm. if there would have been a crowd of 10,000 people, it would have been so the, the reaction from the crowd would have sold this thing so much better. It would have been, it would have been great. It, it would have been fantastic. And and I will say one of my bucket list things to do. So, you know, I go to a lot of these shows and stuff. I really had the privilege of being there at WrestleMania 30 and with Daniel Bryan. And the minute he won that, I mean, we all just 
just lost it, right? And yeah. we were looking to something to grab on because the Undertaker had lost and we didn't know how to react. Like, I even had a mental breakdown. Did I tell you what happened to me during that match? No, you didn't. Oh, dude, I don't think you did. Dude, so, you know, me being an asshole, right, and I'm with my best friend. We're at WrestleMania 30. This is literally the first WrestleMania we had ever been to, and we're from New Orleans. So this is like our dream come true, right? So I had the undisputed title that Brock Lesnar and uh, American Badass Undertaker wore, right? And I was just going for uh, Brock Lesnar because my best friend was such a big Undertaker fan. Me too, but he was just majorly in him, right? So the match started, and everybody is thinking, hey, Undertaker's going to win, but this is going to be a hell of a match, right? So all of a sudden, during the middle of the match, I was just like, bruh, I think Undertaker is like, I, I noticed his eyes were just off. Right. And I was just like, I, I think something's wrong. Right. And everybody around me was like, this match kind of sucks. Right. I was like, yeah, is this something wrong? And then when he lost, right, silence. Right. Just shock. Right. I'm the only dude in my section that stood up like a dumbass mark. Okay. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, Brock. Yeah. 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 Wait, I lost. <laughs> and, then, and then I was standing there with the belt, like I was holding it high in the air. And then, and then my friend, he just grabs me down. He's like, "Yes, asshole, it's Undertaker lost. Sit your ass down." <laughs> Jesus. I was like, "But the Undertaker lost. Why the Undertaker lost?" Like, I was sitting there tripping too. I was like, "Why the Undertaker lost, bro?" And he was like, <laughs> he was just staring at me, and he was just like. You, you for real right now? I'm like, Brock Lesnar won, though. Why the Undertaker lost? <laughs> like, I'm sitting there with, mind you, with a Brock Lesnar shirt on, mind you, right? <laughs> like, his old Next Big Thing shirt. And <laughs> he was just like, if you don't shut your ass up before we all get, uh, everybody in the section gets a fire thrown on them. Because you're the only yeah. motherfucker right now cheering. I think we were all shocked. Yeah. yeah. We were all like, what the hell did we just see? Right. This ain't SummerSlam. This is WrestleMania. (laughs) Like, this don't happen. Yeah. We were all kind of, did that really just happen? And and something, if anybody who was actually was there, right, we remember if you looked up at the top, it had 30 or whatever it was, what was it 22 and 0 or whatever it was, right? 22 and 0, but then it like froze and stopped and it had his like what 21 and 1 or whatever it was, right? Yeah. Cuz we were like, okay, something went wrong. <laughs> and then the divas came out and that was just dumb. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. felt so bad for them. I felt so bad for them. Cuz the know? air was out the building. Yeah, I felt so bad for them. You know, the yeah. only thing that saved that show was Daniel Bryan outright. That was the only thing that saved that show. Yeah, because that. But getting back to my point, that that was a good moment. And so every NXT I've been to, either a show, house show, whatever, I've never been there for like the big title change for the babyface, right? Because I couldn't get tickets to the Dallas one because I wanted to see the uh, American Alpha win, right? 
I, I couldn't get the New York ones. Or, it wasn't the New York one where Johnny Gargano finally won. Like, I couldn't get the tickets. And now all this got screwed up because I would have so, – if Keith Lee was in the main event, dude, I'd have so been there. And truth be told, with my chick now, if the, the series Adam Cole had with Velveteen Dream, we probably would have been to them damn things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You know, before we learned he was kind of crazy and hated, right, backstage, like, <laughs> we'd have been to that because, man, we were marking out to that dude. But my main fear with Keith Lee is that the Vince McMahon does not know what to do with that dude. Right? Oh, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I, I would, I I fear anyone, I fear, I feel bad for anyone who then leaves the NXT area and goes up to the main like i like fear at, <laughs> i feel for him i do i do because like okay you got keith lee there now you got big e langston who has easily been one of the best things on your show for five years easily five years and i'm underestimating that too right because you could probably say like maybe a good eight years he has so much charisma he is coming to his own on the mic. He he is good in the ring. The hell is he not? Why is he not squashing Brock Lesnar? Okay, it's not like yeah. Big E is a small dude in the least. Okay, he he could chunk Brett Brock Lesnar off the ring, but he's still kind of mid carding it. You know? Yeah, like, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I like. I've felt for a while Big E has deserved a singles run and get yes. some, you know, get some much deserved credit for what he's done. I, I, because yeah. he is, he is a star. I, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, he's a star. Because uh, it, it, it aggravates me with that because the, the, as much as the shield, no, taking nothing away from the guys in the shield, like for real, like I do enjoy all those guys to a point. Uh, they're all good, but man, the new day, even though they shouldn't be broke up, man, you could make something out of all three of those guys, like for real, you know, they, they all got something. Okay. And they all got charisma. You didn't know how to use Kofi. And when he won, you really didn't know how to use him. Xavier Woods, Xavier Woods has black Ric Flair written all over him. Okay, just all over him. And Big E just has, and I know he's not popular now because, you know, the cancel culture and internet marks don't remember history and why they're actually wrestling fans. Big E really does have Hulk Hogan written all over him. A big dude that can beat anybody at any time that has the charisma oozing out of his forehead. Okay, just just nuts. You could build something with him, but they don't. They go with Roman Reigns. They're all they're all talented. Um, you know, Kofi Kofi's run after he won the belt was I mean, wasn't much to write home about. I haven't been watching enough of it currently to really assess like what they're doing, who would do what. It's just so hard to watch without a crowd, to be honest. Um, yeah, it, it, it is. It's, it's very brutal. I've even been told, like, supposedly Sasha and Bailey and what they're doing with them is, like, some great stuff. And I'm just like, 
I'm sure it is. I just, I, my attention just hasn't been there, man. And, and, but back to Big E, he, he, he could be a star. He could be a major star. <laughs> it's just, a, it, they just gotta, they just gotta, the, the decision just has to be made to do it. Like, you know, Hey, we're going to put the rocket on this guy's back and let's do it. You know? And that's all, it's, yeah. that's what it's going to take. Uh, I, there's no other way to put it. You know, that, that's what would need to be done. And that's that. Unfortunately, I don't know if and when they'll ever do it. I, I always see reports on Twitter. It seems, oh, hey, you know, we're gonna do it, and it never gets done. So who knows? Um, you know, eventually they'll do it, but uh, I guess we'll see. I saw something yesterday about it. Hey, I'm I'm here. One of the internet reporters said something. One of the fairly well known ones. It's not just some yeah. jabroni out there. Said something about uh, they were hearing that a Keith Lee, a Keith Lee, a, a um, Big E run would be coming soon. We'll see. You know, yeah. I mean, we'll see. Who knows? I, and so let me lead into because I'm the wrestling media is kind of crazy to me right now because and you know the one thing I hate about the wrestling media is uh, the whole okay these are the original plans and um, oh they this person lost so why are they burying him like nobody can ever lose ever right but the 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 outright just indignation that the media causes uh, when they like a wrestler who has a lot of good moves and then all of a sudden you try to figure out okay why does that wrestler get popular oh it's because they have this one move and then you get into what has happened to the Canadian Destroyer okay I remember when the first time I saw the Canadian Destroyer I was in college it was it, it was like 2001 2002 or so right or whenever I first saw Petey Williams in TNA, right? Mm-hmm. He did that thing. I had never seen anything crazy like that ever in my life. Yeah. Okay. And and in TNA, when he did it, that was a finisher. Okay. He dropped AJ Styles on his head. He won. Okay. Everybody does the damn Canadian Destroyer like it's nothing. Like, how does Adam Cole, who is the size of Keith Lee's combined weight of his right leg, his left elbow, and like one of his neck bones, flip his 300 plus pound ass into a flipping pile driver. That makes no sense. Okay. <laughs> Remember back in the day when Bret Hart, you know, the greatest of all time, you know, whatever, that's me. But Bret Hart, I remember the lead up to uh, his first match against Diesel. They were like, man, can you get a dude that big with them bigger legs into the sharpshooter? And Brett was like, you know, I'm not sure, but I have to, you know, come up with other things, blah, blah, blah. And it led into good drama and suspense. When, when what's his name? Um, the juice, the juicy, the little Fonzie juice guy, Orange Cassidy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, boy. little pothead Fonz, right? He, he. I remember seeing this indie clip where he gets caught in the dick spot with Joey Ryan, but he had somebody in like the pile driver position, and then the dick flip happens, and he ends up Canadian destroying the person that he had in a lock already. And I'm just sitting there, like, the fuck. Is this bullshit? Because I think, Mike, you know, the people who listen to this show and really who listen to a lot of things oriented to old school wrestling, remember the days when this was a simulated combat 
And so there was goofy stuff, but it was all centered around the core fact that these are men trying to beat the shit out of each other and trying to get a win to make money by any means necessary. They want the power. They want the glory. They want the fame. They want the girls. They want the money. Okay. Baby faces. Baby faces wanted to win the right way to support their lives, to support their family and their community, to be a good example for people at the core of it. Right, Mike? That's that's how everything we grew up was taught to us from wrestling. Now dudes are just doing moves to do moves. And I'm sorry, a guy that's Adam Cole's size is not going to do a Canadian Destroyer to me. Okay? He's not. Could you imagine, Mike, if Hulk Hogan was like in today and like Seth Rollins said, hey, let me do a Canadian Destroyer to you? What would Hulk Hogan say? He'd be like, "No, no, no, brother. It don't work that's for not me, gonna brother. work. For, that's not gonna work for me, brother." <laughs> right? Like, oh, or, Hulk Hogan doesn't do that one, brother. Brother, right? And and, and for y'all, not you know, yet again, let's let's do somebody else. If Seth Rollins said, "Hey Goldberg, can I do a the Canadian Destroyer to you?" He'd be like, "No." If let's say I don't know. Seth Rollins or CM Punk or somebody asked The Rock to do a Canadian Destroyer in 2005. You know what? He would say, like, no. If he said it now, no. Why? Why? Because it wouldn't make sense at all. Why does a CM Punk do a flipping pile driver on fucking The Rock? Right? Jerry Lawler wouldn't even say, hey, let me do that to somebody. Right? The fact that Ricky Morton's old ass, no, with all due respect to Ricky, can do it to people. <laughs> it just totally kills that move. And it's an amazing move. But people just want to see it and then it bastardizes it, right? Like, I love Tour of the Islands. Why? Because I don't see a lot of people doing it. And when he does it, that's usually the end of the match. Okay? you The little ROH New Japan show. He did it off the top rope. Then he did it to Will Ospreay straight up. And, and guess what? Will Ospreay didn't get up. No, he didn't. Keith Lee, he's doing his fucking finisher. The, the, I call it the Vegeta because it's the bang, bang, whatever, right? <laughs> it is, you know, he does the Vegeta on Adam Cole. That's the end of the match. You know, there was a time when Shawn Michaels did a damn super kick. Guess what? That was the end. Okay? The only people that kicked out of it were his friends. The Undertaker, Triple H, or naturally, Mike, what? People started kicking out of it when? When he got older. Okay? <laughs> that makes sense. Because, you know, Bruce Lee could be 90 years old, kicks me in the uh, mouth. You know, yeah, it may hurt, but, you know, he may not KO me like he was when he was 30. Because that makes sense. Okay? But if you're going to tell me a guy, who is 60 years old, does a flipping pile driver on me? No. A guy who barely moves his legs, who probably smoked three blunts before he got into the ring, based on his character, not saying he does that in real life, and takes a hip toss from a dick. You, you just killed that move. It's funny. It's hilarious. But it kills that move. Am I wrong on that, Mike? Am I looking at you wrong? I, the Canadian, you, you said something 
that I, I remember Doc and I talked about this many years ago on the show. First time we saw Canadian Destroyer, you you had to like rewind it and go back and watch and try to process what the hell you saw because it was so unique and so unreal. Like you're like, damn, that was impressive. Um, they bastardized. This is this is this is all of wrestling these days. Or not say all, but a lot of wrestling these days. A lot of it. The bastardizing of moves. Um, the young bucks made the super kick into a joke. Now you see forty super kicks a, a match, and um, it, it's it's a joke. And then Canadian destroyers, you, I guess you're starting to see more of those. I don't see those as much, but yeah. Uh, but it's just the whole thing of nowadays how it takes multiple finishers to defeat somebody. And um, my old thing about that is like when somebody hits you with a finisher and it doesn't finish you, it's it's like, well, if that move is so bad, why did it not work the first four times? Oh, you didn't connect. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's part of what 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 drives me nuts and drives all the old school wrestling fans nuts about today. Like, and it's not to say you can't have matches where the finishing move is hit more than once because you can. Those matches, that stuff should be reserved for big title matches, matches where the title's on the line. That's the type of situation where that should happen. You know, it's a world title match, and that's when it goes down. But beyond that, it's like, come on, man. Why are we Why are we whoring out all of our finishers at all times? I mean, they've modern wrestling has made the DDT into oh. not a finisher anymore. Um you know, it's it's um it's very it's very very terrible to be honest with you. It's it's why when I watch AEW, I watch with the fast forward button. You know, I want to see the few things that I like, um, the MJFs of the world. You know, uh, Brian Cage and Taz. You know, like I'll watch that. Um, Eddie Kingston is a hell of a talker. Hopefully they bring him back and use him in a, in a more starring of a role. I don't give a damn what his body looks like. He's a yeah. badass and he can talk. He can talk some smack. He and was that's one all of the best in WA. Yeah. I mean, Kingston is a, I, I don't want to hear about his body. I don't want people to, Oh my God, he needs to get into a gym. Excuse me. The dirty white boy did not need to get into the gym. King Kong Bundy, Kamala, None of those Dusty. guys needed to. Dusty did not need to get into a gym. I, I I watch wrestling for the smack talk and the ass kicking. I'm not. If I want to see a bodybuilding show, I'm going to go to a bodybuilding event. They got plenty of that there. I can watch them pose and hit the most muscular and, and the crab move and all that. All the moves that they can do at bodybuilding events. I can see that there all day long. I don't need to see body guys in wrestling don't get me wrong i'm not knocking a guy like brian cage who looks like a million bucks god he looks great and he's got a great piece with taz yeah Yeah. you it's fine it's fine to have a body guy there's nothing wrong with that the body guys look great great i'm i'm all for it but there's got to be a balance and you know i i i don't if if a guy like eddie kingston who isn't you know chiseled like he's like a like he's granite stone so what if he can talk and I, kick ass, that's all I'm worried about. Dick Murdoch didn't look like much, but he can talk. He, he can talk some smack and amen. kick ass. Anyway, I, 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 I had was, to get on no, that, that rant real quick. I was just about to say because it's like they talk about his body. 
Tell me one person on this planet right now would go say that straight to his face. Like, bro, you need to work on your body. I don't think you're a good wrestler. That dude looks like he would rip your jaw off. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, the whole body argument thing in wrestling, That if you're talking to somebody my age, we don't want to hear it because wrestling used to not be about body guys. I mean, for that, Mac, go look at Ted DiBiase in Mid-South Thank in the... You. In Thank the you. 80s, he don't have no body. I mean, he's, he's not a body guy. Yeah. I mean, right. come on, you know. Uh, it's it's a joke to... W- this Vince McMahon created that nonsense with the body mm-hmm. guys because in the 90s, the only way, or early 2000s, the only way you got hired was if you had a, you know, you were 6'4", uh, you know, 270 and had a body. It's a joke. It's like... Get over it. It that if 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 being body guys really meant something, the UFC would be full of body guys. No, it, it the whether you're chiseled or not has nothing to do if you can kick another man's ass. It right. might it might mean right. you're strong, but it doesn't mean you can kick another man's ass. Rant over. Body guys are not my thing. Eddie Kingston needs a full time job in AEW. To Amen. do his thing and talk some smack. And that's my last point about that topic. <laughs> yeah, and, and Cody Rhodes needs to get rid of that tattoo. That uh, that that tattoo is something else, man. <laughs> uh, it, no, he's he's got man. Mm, mm. He didn't need to do it. That's what I'm saying. He didn't need to do it. Cody is doing way <laughs> too much. He's doing way too much. I think uh, and yet again, I will say this again. Uh, this is a shout out to your partner there too, uh, Brian Last. Stop! You should have stopped Jim Cornette from saying he's got to keep watching AEW. That dude is going to kill himself. Let me tell you, Mike. I don't know if you lost, listened to one of his last shows. He was reviewing um, the Sunny Kiss Cody Rhodes match. I actually filmed the part and sent it around to a lot of my uh, folks in the ICU and the ER frontline docs and stuff, right? Where they were, he said, and Brian, do you know what they did after the match? They shook hands and hugged. They shook hands and hugged. Goddamn fucking shit. So I actually sent that fucking <laughs> shit around. <laughs> right? And people were like, yep, that's our lives right now. Fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 you know. <laughs> For Jim Cornette's health. He's got to stop watching AEW. He's got to stop Jimmy, doing all that. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy has had me on his show three times now. Three, four, I can't remember. I, I, I like Jimmy for the most part. Um, people are gonna take that the wrong way. I, I, I like Cornette. He's treated me well. He's treated my show yeah, well. Yeah. Um. You know, I, 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 that's how I know you. You found us from, mm-hmm. you know, me being on Jimmy's show. So I, I appreciate everything Jimmy has done for BTT. When Jimmy a few weeks back or months back, I don't even remember when it was now, said, fuck AEW, F everybody in the promotion. If you were my friend, you're no longer my friend anymore. We need to <laughs> rant. I was like, all right, Jimmy, not, okay. It's okay to just say you're not going to watch it, but I mean, if they're friends of yours, come on, man. You you don't just burn bridges like that because yeah, at least for me, I, I I'm not going to burn a bridge with a real friend over something like that. It's just that's just me. But 
what got me was he swore off ever watching it again. And it wasn't three, yeah. four weeks later. He's watching it. And here's the thing. Here's the thing that I'll never understand about Jim. About Jim, And God bless him for this. I can't hate watch stuff. I cannot watch something right. that makes me miserable. And before you say, well, yeah, you watch AEW and you criticize it. I've said on record a number of times. I fast forward through a lot of it. I can get through an AEW yeah. show in 20 minutes with ease. Marco yep. stunt rolls out there. It ain't my thing. I'm not watching it. I'm not watching somebody that's smaller than my son wrestle a match. But so like I, I fast forward. I'll, I'll catch NJF. I, I do like Jericho's promos for the most part. Yes. Um, I like the roads. I love yeah. him. Like, you know. But but I'm not going to sit down and watch two hours of it and take notes to hate watch it. So like when Jimmy does that, I'm just like. I question, I'm like, do you really hate it as much as you say you do? Or or do you just really do hate it, but you know your fans love hearing you going off on it, so you continue to talk about it? Like, yeah. I, I wonder sometimes, because, I, I again, I can't hate watch something. Mentally, that shit is exhausting. It is. I just want to enjoy something. Yes, like that's my leisure time. I want to enjoy things in my leisure time. I don't want to do things in my leisure time that make me miserable. And that's why I'm like, I can't watch things that make me miserable. So I don't know, man. Jimmy's Jimmy's take, uh, He, I agree with you. I He's going to have a heart attack one of these days because he gets so worked up about this stuff. I, I worry about his mental and physical health when it comes to him hate watching AEW and NXT. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think, I think what at this point, Mike, what the wrestling world needs is some like uh, cinema has, for better or worse. Um, we need like a Rotten Tomatoes. We need to get a consensus of ratings because people just go off of other people's ratings, like one or two other people's opinions who have a, a completely different view of wrestling. Like you and I are in the same ballpark. Other people are in like Meltzer is in one part. Uh, this place is one, one part, like uh, other podcasts are in another thing. And we need to have a consensus because you and I would probably say, no, Omega Okada, good, but not the greatest of all time. But I can see how people say that's the greatest of all time. I I don't understand how the Young Bucks are so over. I, I just don't. Now, God bless them. I want them to make money. I want them to keep doing what they're doing and give them a lot of guys opportunities and jobs. So go for it. But I don't get it. I think they're a terrible tag team. That's just my opinion. But I have another view of tag team. Like, I like actual rules, tag teams. I don't like a lot of flips tornado tag team matches and stuff like that like every match doesn't need to be a tlc match right but i can sort of kind of get why people are getting into it and i guess if i was born in like 93 then and that's all i saw then yeah i'd probably be thinking the young bucks are shit so we need like a rotten tomatoes to figure out what's good because one thing that that AEW has to be scared about now Wrestling business is down. It's really bad without crowds. But the fact that your ratings go back and forth 
with the WWE's minor league teams. No offense to those guys, but they still do not put the money and effort into NXT like they do Raw and SmackDown. Well, actually, Raw. Okay, SmackDown, I think they just leave that to the wind. And they're like the best of the indies. You know what I'm saying? And they're not having five-star matches all the time. And people are trying to put them over. And it just it, and it makes this big kerfuffle because, honestly, Cody Rhodes runs a section of that show like a modern-day version of uh, JCP, you know? Yeah. Young folks run that shit like an indie show. Kenny Omega runs it like a Japanese show, okay? Which I don't watch New Japan enough. I've actually got that little on-demand but since I'm not totally into Japanese wrestling and stuff, even with English commentators, I can't watch a lot of that library because it's just not my thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you're right, Mike. I want shit talking. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I mean, like, the, the, era, the era that this, our audience grew up on is the smack talking, the personal issues, and two guys beating each other to a pulp i mean there's no there's nothing else to really say that it is what we grew up on and i just you know you get a little of that in modern wrestling not to the same effect but you get a little of it and you get a lot of other stuff and as far as like the the i don't even know what to call the wrestling media anymore um it, it, I don't know if Dave Meltzer is getting paid by AEW. He says he's not. But the bottom line is when when you're when you I, I I don't follow him on Twitter. It's just too exhausting. But when you what I feel like I see from him is when you undoubtedly deny uh, or always defending one thing versus another, and you can't see the forest through the trees. It's like all you're doing is constant defending you gotta call bs when there's bs if if everything that your favorite world's greatest tag team does the young bucks is great then you're you're just an enabler you you, you're not you don't have a critical eye to it and i mean you gotta call it like you see it we do it all the time on a saturday night show we're rick flair fans we're fans of corny we're fans of this or that on those shows but if they lay out a promo that's just meh or an episode that's just kind of like, eh, we just say it is what it is. It doesn't mean we hate it. It just means we weren't particularly entertained by that segment, that promo or that episode. And you don't see that with like modern wrestling media, the Dave Meltzer of the world. At like all. he is five star in everything that AEW does. They can't do any wrong. And first, I think it's a work, and I think somebody's getting slid money under the table because yes. of that. I I can't believe otherwise. It's just hard to, you know. I, and I, I'm I know I have no inside knowledge of this, but it, but as an observer, as someone who sees it, it's how it it's what I feel is happening. Like he he just has nothing. It feels like let me say it, it feels like he has nothing negative to say about AEW. It just feels that way. Um 
maybe he has and I haven't seen it. And if he has, I stand corrected. But it feels like there's never anything that he says negative about them. And, you know, I don't know. With wrestling the way it is, I don't know if you're ever going to have a true uh, independent. Well, I can't say that. I think Wade Keller is very. I think Keller Wade Wade is very fair, but Wade doesn't tweet out his thoughts like Dave does. Wade just yes, yeah, yeah. Wade, um, but if you read Wade Wade's newsletter or or that the stuff that he writes, not his columnist, because I used to be a columnist of his. If you read the stuff that he writes, I think he's very uh, objective in his thoughts. But what's funny, nobody really talks about it because. He's not as snarky with it as Dave. So like, and that's the thing. Like, it's like Dave creates controversy with his hot takes on the Bucks are the greatest of all time. Well, Wade doesn't do that. So guess who gets the publicity or the more notoriety? It's, it's, it's Dave. So I actually think Wade is actually, I'll take back what I was saying because Wade is actually very objective but people don't realize it because he doesn't he doesn't say things for shock value. He's not like Skip Bayless. And in and in podcasting or in journalism these days, if you don't say shocking dumb stuff, your your stuff doesn't get legs. That's the unfortunate thing. That's really the unfortunate part of wrestling journalism as a whole. Yeah, as a whole, I, not whole. I totally agree. I totally and honestly, I, I think I'd be better with it if people would say like Dave. Be honest. When you watch a match, this particular match, just say, hey, man, this is my rating for this, but I'm going to put an asterisk by this. I'm marked out. I'm marking for these people. These are one of my favorite people, right? Because you're never going to get me to say, okay, a Bret Hart match is negative five stars, or even though it could have been, right? Because I'm I'm a mega fan for him, Ric Flair. Kurt Angle, like, I don't think there's anything bad they've ever done, right? Because I'm a fan. And that's what I think more people have to say. Because Wade, even with Wade, sometimes he marks out. But you're right. He he is very even keel. Like, you can kind of take his shit with some clout to it. Dave, it's just like, bro, I know you hate WWE. I know you hate WWE, okay? I get it. Because there's not a lot of matches you like from them. And it's just not your style. All right, just say it. Okay. Doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, they draw money. Okay. Which I think a lot of people don't realize it's not even, I mean, the best wrestlers are good in the ring, protect people, and draw money. That's a great combo. You don't see that every day, right? You don't get Ric Flair's every day. And and to your point, I would like to point out like um, when y'all were talking about Paul Heyman. In the um, Saturday Night Review, Paul Heyman and Ric Flair <laughs> promo together. Was it the Danger Zone? Right? Oh, Y'all yeah, were so yeah. right. Y'all were so right on that. I didn't want to see Paul Heyman just all amped and and marking out for Rick and Rick being like subdued and like not talking major shit about Ricky. Like he was like super serious, and it was weird, and it and it came off weird on TV, right? Yeah. As yep. a kid, it was totally different. Because remember, I told you, this is when I was really starting to remember and getting into wrestling. It was like Varsity Club and and then this, like Rick Steamboat and all that, right? Yeah. And, and I was like, man, this is like completely different 
from when I remember as a kid, right? Because yep. this is so weird. This makes no sense. Why is there this Japanese dude here? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, where did he come from? Where did JJ go? What is going on? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like when you watch it all these years later, after you know what the like what actually happened. Like you don't you don't know when you're when you're watching when you're young. Well, JJ took the money, went up north because you know, and and I mean, you knew Tony left because I mean, he ends up being on TV. But it's like when you're a kid, you don't really understand, and you're like, okay, Matsuda shows up, and he's now with the well, what's left of the Horseman. You can't even call him the Horseman. Uh, it's a very very weird thing, and, and man, it was like, you know, that was. I credit Rick in that promo in that danger zone because Rick really was trying to do his best to like, all right, um, I need to get this segment over, but it doesn't need to be all about me. It's got to be all about the danger zone and Paul Lee. And, you know, Rick tried his best to do good business there. But at the end of the day, it just it wasn't going to happen, <laughs> man. It was, yeah, you know, yeah, it, was, Paul, it was just a weird segment. Goes, he always tries to get himself over, period. Like, yeah, he got to get his shit in. Right. And this comes into a concept in my life that I learned a long time ago that I learned from my chemistry professor in college. You can't fight it. Don't fight it. Don't resist it. This is how it is. Respect the baseline, right? Yeah. All this stuff I'm hearing about AJ saying, well, he lied to me and this and Paul Heyman's a liar. Oh, they said he was a liar. Have y'all never watched one ECW documentary? All these motherfuckers who love Paul Heyman all say the same thing. All the people who hate Paul Heyman said the same thing. He is a liar. He is a backstabber. He goes into business for himself. He gets himself over, right? Yeah. Respect baseline. <laughs> Why are you shocked, right? Mike, you and I know if we all of a sudden went to Thibodeau, Mississippi, uh, uh, Louisiana, or Franklin County, Mississippi at like midnight, are we going to be shocked to see Confederate flags and nooses places growing up? <laughs> right? So why the fuck you go there? Respect the baseline, right? You know where the fuck not to be. You know, you knew not to be in the French Quarter close to the Iberville projects at two in the morning. You ain't know nobody. <laughs> okay? If you see the street Calio and you don't know how you got there, you need to be scared. <laughs> okay, and if y'all don't know, that's that's a project in New Orleans, y'all. Everybody okay. knows. Everybody knows Heyman. <laughs> everybody knows Heyman. When his uh, lips are moving, he's generally lying. Yes, right. So it's like when this was a big outrage with AJ Styles. I'm like, what? Like, how did you not know <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I know. like, right? Like, what? It. I'm so. It, it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't Respect let it, the don't, baseline. Don't let it exhaust you. Don't let it exhaust you. Yeah, we we all. Right. I mean, we we all know how Heyman Heyman is. Yeah, um, and that's just one example, right? It's just one example, like Hulk Hogan, right? Like people are all up in arms about him over the past few years. Blah blah. blah. I was like, y'all, he is a redneck from Tampa. Respect <laughs> the baseline. That's the South. <laughs> are you kidding me? You right. Get what you get. <laughs> Right. I'm sure if you got Dusty Rhodes uh, personal phone conversations over the past 30 years. OK, it would not sound great. Vince McMahon, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hell, The Rock. Right. 
respect the baseline, guys. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, The Rock played for the University of Miami when that was Convict U, right? Steve Austin is from, he is a redneck from Texas. JBL is a bully. You mean the big guy called Justin Hawk Bradshaw, whatever his name was in the early 90s that went to Abilene Christian that wears a damn cowboy hat and is from Texas is a bully? Huh? You don't fucking say. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> like, are you kidding me right now? Like, God, Mike, have we raised the generation of naive sons of bitches? Like, this is weird. We all come from the baby boomers and stuff who are supposed to be these enlightened, like, flower children. And we have South Park that we were raised on in The Simpsons. And we're so, like, we don't get shit. It's weird. It is so no, I, weird. I think, I think, I gotta be careful here. I think, um, I think people are just severely wound up in tight these days that they can't enjoy anything. They can't enjoy any jokes. They can't enjoy, yes. they can't enjoy anything in life. Um, that, that, you know, I, I, I give you an example. Let me, let me, let me say it like this. Um, I, I can't tell you how many times, um, I get emails into the show inbox about something that was said on a promo or one of our analysis of a promo or something that was racist or whatever on these Saturday night episodes or, or in Smoky Mountain. And people attack like me and they're like, I can't believe you didn't say this about. And I'm like, dude, I'm watching a 30 year old wrestling program. I am right. not here to talk about um, how how um i need to this person needs to go to jail because of what they said on a 30 year old wrestling program uh the the, the most recent one the michael hayes jyd promo yes um, yes, yes. foul as can be just racist and foul as you can be right hayes calling <laughs> you know using the j word the c word um, and then JYD, JYD, JYD. Now you see how it feel when somebody try to buy you. You know, it, it, like referencing in his face. You know, referencing slavery, and then he makes the face like the like the Japanese guy. I, I'm just like, you know, you look at that, and yeah, we laughed at it because we were like, it's so insane that we chuckled, and yet I'm I'm bombarded with. You're racist for laughing at that. Really? I'm laughing at a 30-year-old wrestling promo that I admitted on air in the context of today's world is filthy and yeah. foul and just horrible. But back then, in 1989, it's like, holy shit, you watched it and you didn't think nothing of it. So, like, that's the mindset of then versus now. Um, and, and the funny part about wrestling is, man, wrestling had no filter back then. So, like, as you None. review any shows from the 80s, um, 
It's kind of like watching um, All in the Family, um, you know, with Archie Bunker or the Jeffersons. Like, it's very similar to that. And, you know, when you watch those shows, I don't really know if those if the people on those shows had a racist bone in their bodies, but they certainly acted like they did. I mean, George Jefferson said some mean things about white folks and Archie Bunker said some horrible things about black folks. But you you know what's funny about all those things is from a social construct, and I ain't trying to be a philosopher here, when those things come out and you expose them into the greater society and you show how stupid and ignorant those things are, both from George Jefferson and Archie Bunker, although we laughed at them at that time, you see damn, Archie was kind of an asshole to black people. Why was he like that? I mean, George was a, a hardworking man. They were they were good folks. He just said those things because he was a black man. And then vice versa, like George calling, you know, saying the H word. And it's, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's, it's, you got to like think about those things in context. They were said and they were racially motivated, but there's generations of people who maybe didn't become racist because they were exposed to that ignorance. And I could say the same thing about wrestling back then, like maybe not in the same way, but as you watch that, it's like, God, man, Hayes, you came across bad like that. And JYD, you, you came across bad too with the way you acted, but you being exposed to those things might have made you realize, you know, wait, that's kind of not right. You know, we shouldn't be like that to people. So, again, my second rant is now over. I, I ran it about Kingston earlier and in this, but it's <laughs> you got to like really put things into the time period in the context of what they are. You can't look at things from 30 years ago and be like, this is a problem with society now. We want to cancel people from things they did 30 years ago. People grow. People change. I mean, we've all done things that we I'm not talking about something that happened last week or last year. I'm talking 20, 30 years ago. Like you can't just crucify folks. Now, if that person hasn't changed, that's a different story. But but, to you know, to crucify like nobody looks at. um, I mean, well, I can't say nobody looks at um, Archie Bunker and says, oh, my God, I can't watch it anymore. Because a real quick story, my mother in law, I had it on one day. I was watching it. My mother in law goes. I used to like watching this. Now I can't. She was so offended, which was hilarious. <laughs> but, but no, seriously, like we, we all got to do a better job getting along. Um, people do change. That doesn't mean everybody changes. It means, it means you got to give people a chance to change. Uh, we aren't all perfect. We are, we are all uh, individuals that have done things in life that we regret. And um, that's all I got to say today is I'm trying to bring the, the races and the communities together of this, uh, great nation yeah. we live in. Oh, of COVID land, man. And that's and yes. that's it's intimate because yet again, and, and this is the time we have to say things like this. Guys, we we come on here, we we have laugh, we joke, we watch wrestling. You know, I say off color comments because that's just funny to me. Okay. But this does not um dictate how I treat people in my life or in my practice. Because at the end of the day, White, black, Hispanic, whoever, if you can't understand my language or I can't understand your language, my job is a doctor. That is my vocation. My job is to make sure people live to see another day because I know I would be in pain if my mother, my father, anybody I love or call a friend were out of my life 
for something that's preventable. So I want to do for others, you know, like I would want done for me and mine. And that's how I see it. And I don't care who you are. You know, you could be a degenerate drug addict or whatever, but there's somebody who loves you and we got to take care of you. Okay. Cause that's how it is, you know, and that's yeah. how everybody should be. So if you joke, if you say things and you joke, but your actions do not show that and things of that nature, man. Now, if something offensive comes up and you call somebody out on it, all right, cool, correct, learn, move, evolve, go, right? That's it, right? But man, I'm one of those people, if you can't joke about things like this in a lighthearted way, especially in wrestling, guys. Like 30-year-old like wrestling that, that is foul to its core many times. Right, right. Like, But remember, what did Kevin Sullivan say? It's it, we're trying to get people over in a fake fucking business. Like, God. It ain't that hard, guys. You, it's not that fucking hard, guys. Like, you were overthinking it because um, if you hear about the stuff about, like, Bill Watts saying stuff to Bobo Brazil, guys, Ain't that many black people in this country. But when somebody like a Bill Watts throws a banana at a Bobo Brazil and it sells out Madison Square Garden because three-fourths of that crowd wants to see Bobo Brazil murder that guy, that cowboy, that white cowboy Bill Watts because he offended him as a person and you understood that. That's the point. You know what I'm no, saying? Nobody like, understands that anymore. Nobody, nobody get nobody like nobody gets that, that anymore. <laughs> uh, I said that. I said that. I said that on on a recent show. I said like you know TV shows can do things racially motivated and offensive. Um, network television, uh, television shows, movies, um, shows like The Sopranos and things like that. They they could do things like that. But for some reason, wrestling's in this bubble where nobody wants to do that. And I'm like, well. That's how they used to get heat back in the day. But if you do that nowadays, I hate to say it, there's a there's a significant portion of wrestling fans that'll that'll say you're being racist. That's offensive. And it's like, well, isn't that the point of being a heel? Like that's right. that's the whole point. It's it's very weird that people feel that way. Like they don't want you doing that. And I'm like, well that 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 we want the heel to do that so that when the face then beats him and bludgeons him for being an, uh, an idiot and a jackass to him. We can then cheer, but nobody feels that way. And I found the Kevin Sullivan. Here it is. It ain't that fucking hard, guys. We ain't building a rocket. We're getting guys over in a fake fucking business. <laughs> I mean, he it's couldn't, so man so couldn't say it any better. Yeah. You know, you know, last thing I'll say on all that, y'all, if y'all are mad at about the whole, I haven't even watched it, the Jeff Hardy and they're bringing up his alcoholism and stuff like that. If y'all don't think Jeff Hardy has enough clout in the wrestling business to be like, hey, I don't want to do this or I'm going to walk away and I'll be just fucking fine. Y'all are idiots. I'm sorry. <laughs> y'all are, y'all are marks for real because it's like maybe you need to look at it from the point of, Maybe it's the fact that, hey, he's not going back to drinking and drugs despite being tempted to, and he rises above that. He is better and he is stronger. Or how about the fact that he wants to show his story, how somebody can be at the lowest lows, even though at being that mountain 
being on the top of the mountain and overcoming those hurdles, overcoming that hardship, overcoming his disease of addiction. No, they're just like, why is Rick McMahon picking on Jeff Hardy? No, Jeff Hardy's a grown man and ain't nobody picking on him. All right? He don't need Vince McMahon. He just wanted to go to Vince McMahon because it was easy just to merchandise and make money. Real talk. Okay? So really look at yourselves. Look how much you're really into these storylines and how you're worried about people getting buried and stuff like that, no matter if it's Ray Mysterio, who is really fine. Okay? (laughs) You know, really look at yourself and then really look and think, how much are you actually marking out at it? at this shit and really overthinking it. <laughs> yep. Like for real. <laughs> I mean, it, we got, we got to, it, it, it just, we got to get past. We, we just got to get past so many things these days. We're, we're, and, and I get it. Everybody, we're all hypersensitive to, to things these days. But, um, you know, like I tell people in the Facebook group, I say, look, if, if you don't like a post, just keep scrolling. Just keep scrolling. Trust me, one of the moderators and admins, which there are a few of us in the group, if it truly violates the rules, should catch it and it will come down. But just just keep scrolling. Ain't, ain't no need to start a war with somebody uh, in the group over a difference of opinion on, on things. Now, I ain't talking about blatant racism because those things do, do get pulled down um, or, or blatant political posts and whatnot like that. Those things get pulled down. But I mean, we got it. We got to settle down, man. I, I, I'm going to repeat what I said. Now, I'll let uh, Dr. Pelasi say if he's got anything else before we get out of here. We are one race. We are here together. We ain't going nowhere. This is the only planet we got, everybody. Uh, we got to take care of it and we got to take care of each other because it's not fun um, going through life, hating people just for no reason. So, uh, you know, just just try to have some good thoughts. Try to take care of yourself. Take care of your brothers and sisters out there in your communities. Be good to each other, man. You never know what somebody's going through. I, I mean, I'll even be nice to Tommy Richard next time I run into him. I'll leave it at that. Um, other than that, I'll throw it at Doctor Blassie if he's got any closing thoughts. We, we've we've gone uh we've gone almost two hours now, Doctor Blassie. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'll just I, I'll say something and throw in the uh, tagline. So, guys, yet again. Um, Everything Mike said was perfect. Go with that. We're in this for the long haul. Let's come together. Let's protect one another. And honestly, if, um, you know, uh, this is now, this is one thing I'll say on behalf of the medical community. We are burnt out. We are working as hard. All we are doing is thinking about how to defeat this, how to keep people out the hospital, how to help people. We go through a lot of training from uh, doctors. Uh, nurse practitioners, physicians assistants, CNAs, LPNs, RNs of all levels. We work so hard. We have family. We have lives. We have a lot of burden. Not a lot of us are making the same amount of money as you think we would. And we are on average burdened by debt. Call your local congressman. Call your senator. Try to um, encourage them to go for federal uh, loan relief, not only for general students, but uh, your frontline uh, health professionals, because yet again, this is consuming our lives for the next two years. We are human. We're trying our best. And, and no matter what you think, we think about every single person we lay hands on, we listen to, 
and we go from there. Okay, so we just ask, help us out like we do with our boys in the military. Help us with that. Help us uh, be able to get through this um, unscathed because a lot of my brothers and sisters are getting in the hospital, are dying. Help us get through this system, you know, get through this pandemic. Help our families out um, just like we help yours without any thought. Okay, enjoy your lives. Enjoy wrestling. And Mike, tell Harper to always book it, bitch.